Wardell Mack is a Florida Gator, and they're getting ready to wrap up this 2024 recruiting class. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. I'm about to be joined by Brian Smith, but first I did want to tell you that today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, when you bet on a on a Super Bowl winner, you can make bonus bets with every game that they win in the regular season. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Joining me now for Locked On Gators, as he does every week, is Brian Smith, <laughs> Locked On's recruiting insider. And before we talk about Wardell Mack and wrapping up this 2024 class, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And Brian, Florida Gators got another commit this week as their class is mostly wrapped up before the start of the season, which is a fantastic luxury that we have not had in a very long time in Gainesville. And we've talked about Wardell. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's. I'm, I'm astonished. Uh, we've talked about Wardell before, but now that he's actually a Florida Gators commit, do you think that the Florida Gators have landed their their CB one for the 2024 cycle? Because up until Wardell, it was Teddy Foster is the only corner in the class. Corner was the last thing to be added to the class, but now you've got Teddy Foster and Wardell Mack. Do, uh, do you feel comfortable saying, hey, Wardell? Can be your corner one. He could be. I like his film, and I've always liked his film. I watched it again today. There's no reason to doubt somebody with his length, his quickness, his aggressiveness, and he's from New Orleans. That city pumps out NFL talent like very few others do, so he's went against top competition and still shined. Uh, the LSU and Texas offer also helped me decide that he's really good. So, yeah, Florida, I mean, they've got a great DB coach. Got an aggressive scheme. He's played cover one. He fits in. Kind of hard to see him as a guy that doesn't end up contributing. He's he's a really good bet to be a, a major contributor for the Florida Gators. Yeah, uh, big fan of him. I feel like with New Orleans, it's like, or at least Louisiana, there's like New Orleans kids and that other town, uh, Shreveport, Shreveport, whatever. North. Just NFL talent, just just out the wazoo, just being pumped out there. So I'm glad that uh that Wardell Mack is part of this class. But Brian, now, Brian Kelly is definitely going to stop recruiting Wardell, right? Like, he committed to the Florida Gators. You have to respect the commitment, right? Brian Kelly's just, he's done. He's laying off completely. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, this is a very unique situation. LSU and Florida, for the longest time, were amongst a handful of schools that did really well at corner pretty much every year in the recruiting game. 
neither one of them has been on their game to that level of late. And corners are always at a premium, especially when it's a New Orleans kid. LSU does not like losing those players. I would be shocked if he's not at least on campus at LSU one time before the end of October. That is my prediction based on nothing other than how much LSU is going to go after him and the fact he's only two hours from LSU. Let's see if I'm right. Yeah, I think with Wardell Mack, there's also the, I, I guess we'll say the situation of he pretty much immediately after committing to Florida was like in Instagram comments and, and people were talking about, you know, if LSU's DBU, if Florida's DBU. And that's his, been going on forever. His response was, well, who made LSU DBU? So I, I think we know what really went into Wardell Mack deciding to be a Florida Gator. But at this point, how does Florida really hammer home winning this battle? Because this is one of those battles that I think for Florida, it's it's you're going out of state to Louisiana, trying to get an LSU kid to, or an, a Louisiana kid to stay committed to Florida over LSU. How do you really hammer home and, and kind of lock him down at this point when we've got four months and three days until the early signing period. They got to get him on campus at least once early in the season. Easier said than done. Depends on what his high school coaches allow for missing meetings and all kinds of stuff that quite frankly, Florida has zero ability to control. I have no idea who's controlling the ERA program where he plays, but at the same time, if they don't get him on campus, I bet you LSU does because it's a lot easier to get there. So they got to find a way to do that and just keep recruiting him. Hey, why did you commit to us in the first place? There's a really good DB coach here who left LSU. That's something I would mention. Just saying, you know, that's that's valid. Now the other part is, what do they do to make him feel really wanted and, you know, helping the depth chart and all that? That's for Napier and those guys to figure out. But again, that kind of goes into why he committed in the first place. I just don't think that Ford is in a spot right now to say, well, you're going to have to wait a couple of years to play. They should be able to legitimately say you have a chance to play by the end of your second year at the, at the latest, maybe even as a freshman. And it's not far fetched. So just keep pumping in what you have the whole time and get him on campus. Those are the keys. Yeah. I'd, I'd imagine with Jason Marshall Jr. likely going to the NFL mm -hmm. draft and then having just a, a very young corner room behind him, I'd imagine selling, Hey, you could find playing time early. Is, is a pretty easy selling point for Wardell. Uh, but I'm, I'm just curious about your opinion of his play style. Is he someone that we think could play, or at least you think could play inside out, whether he's a nickel or, or on the boundary field side, whatever, outside or, or inside corner? I like him at nickel and I, I like him to the field. Playing boundary, I need to see how much weight he can gain. Some of these guys, man, like think of over the last 10 years, the receivers that have been at Ole Miss, how big they are. There's no matchup that is pound for pound because there are no 230-pound corners walking around the high school ranks. They're any good anyway. So <laughs> you've got to give up something. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody, but he's probably terrible. The point is you've got to be able to handle those boundary receivers because it's pretty much a no-help situation, at least on the deep ball. So you got to have a dude there. But at the same time, with his athleticism, his aggressiveness, and he's played a lot of cover one, he should be able to be competitive, at least at nickel and outside. Plus those spots, you'll get a little more help in, in a variety of ways with linebackers and safeties. I just, I'm curious to see how much weight they want to put on him, what they're going to try to do with the design of DBs in general, 
again, this is only year two for Florida. They're, they're experimenting a little bit. They may come up with some different ideas. Guys like Jason Marshall don't, that's not normal. Like when we saw him in high school, I watched a couple of clips. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. It didn't take very long. I mean, seriously, like it, it just, it's that easy, but that's the rare exception. Most guys you got to build up. And even as good as Mac is, I don't think he's as good as what Marshall was coming out of high school. So how much weight do you want to put on and what you, what are you trying to do? Are they going to play more zone moving forward, more man? I don't know what they're going to try and do, but he's got the physical tools to do either. Now it's just up to Florida to build him up. Football season is about to kick off for both college and the NFL, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long on one bet. Right now, when you put on a Super Bowl winner, that isn't the Jets. Don't do the Bears. Don't do the Texans just because they have crazy Super Bowl odds. Do a team that might actually win it. You can get bonus bets every time that they win in the regular season. That's right. Pick anybody to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every game that they win during the regular season. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And looking at just this entire Florida Gators 2024 class and and their current targets as well, what do you kind of think of the approach, again, in the secondary, but mostly just defensively in general? They continue to add guys who can play multiple spots. It's like basically all of the linebackers, depending on where you look, at one point or another have been listed as linebacker or edge. DBs or are they corners and safeties, corners and nickels, nickels and safeties, whatever it's going to be. Just how do you feel about that approach of constantly adding just just versatile, positionally versatile players? Once again, it comes down to play calling and scheme. If you're going to run a lot of cover one, which is getting harder and harder to do with all these bunch formations, but you better have guys that can really run. Not many corners over 6-1 make it, and it's almost extreme exclusively under 6'2". So especially at the NFL level, there's like five guys that are 6'2 or tall, legitimately. It's just not that easy to open your hips and run. So if they're going to play a lot of cover one, I'm curious to see how many of these guys end up playing corner. Because if you get beat even a step in today's college football, it doesn't even have to be the Southeastern Conference. It's six. So I'm curious to see what they do this year. I know they're going to be aggressive. You and I have talked about that on this podcast many times. But there's fire zone, there's different kinds of drops and splits, all kinds of different ways you can do it. How versatile are they going to be? Because I, I see a ton of length. It's almost like they're recruiting to a cover three scheme. But at the same time, that's not what the defense coordinator is necessarily known for. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think you'll see this year a lot of cover three quarters, cover one, and, and we're just going to see. But I think – doesn't that just make it so much more difficult if you're Florida to just add players who can do all of that? Because Austin Armstrong, historically, it's cover three quarters, cover six, 
and cover one. And I feel like you're asking a lot of guys to do a lot of things at that point. And the secondary, um, it, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just saying it, it feels like a very difficult thing to recruit for when you're coming from high school players and trying to bring them into the SEC and go, hey, yeah, we like we can develop you and we can take that time. But we also need you to play early because this is a team that over the past two seasons has gone through a lot of roster turnover, although I think the roster's gotten significantly better because of it, but they've still gotten over a lot of roster turnover and you have to be able to play early here. How do you say it other than just to say paralysis by analysis? I mean, it's college coaches want to run their scheme first through 1 million. They don't like change but freshmen aren't good at learning scheme. It's just, there's no way to ever fix that. So either you dumb down the scheme or you have coverage bus. Those are the two options. And if you don't have one of your older players figure it out, that puts even more pressure. You need the upper class when they bring in and any transfer. That's the other thing I'll get to here in a minute to do well. So you can run cover six and you can run cover three and all these different little nuances with it, with a fire zone or something like that, that make it, almost indefensible if you've got the length they do. But at the same time, again, it only takes one guy to screw up and it's six points. Defense, 10 out of 11 is bad. So it's hard, man. And that's why so many teams score points. Most of the touchdowns we see in the SEC, how many times is the guy just wide open? 50? You know, it's like, well, why didn't you get into the DBs pointing at each other? Those are the plays you just try to eliminate. If he scores on somebody and he makes a great catch, whatever but you can't have those. And that's the difference between teams that go to the SEC title and don't. How many of those do you see for Georgia? It is rare. They just don't give up big plays. So Florida is in a very unique year this year. But, yeah, your, your point about length is, is phenomenal because they're. I think they might even try some of these big guys at nickel because of how many big receivers are now going inside. Isn't that, it's kind of a unique trend, even tight ends. You got to have size at corner, man, because you just don't know where guys are going to line up. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, it, it's no easy task for Billy Napier to rebuild this program. But one of the no. ways he's doing it is transfers. And I know you mentioned just two minutes ago that you're like, hey, I want to do a labyrinth. So, so, so please do. Because I, 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 I'd love to hear, because again, this is the, the roster building stuff is some of the nerd things that I do love to talk about. Look, with all the young DBs and your expectation as well as pretty much the free world that has a brain that Marshall will turn pro, they got to take somebody from the portal. I know they're not going to talk about that to recruits, but they need to take somebody from the portal. Barring something that we don't expect, or maybe even the coaching staff doesn't this year, one of the other young corners just blows up and it's obvious he's next in line. If that happens, hey, all bets are off. But I'm a firm believer of the old stance Go ahead and prepare for the worst, hope for the best. And if, you know, you get another corner to come in in the portal that could at least be a good guy, like your third corner, and maybe he's not a starter, so be it. You could never have enough of them anyway. And I'm not seeing another Jason Marshall on the roster right now. If there's somebody you want to allude to, please project forward. I'm here to listen. But there just aren't that many guys like him. So my point is, again, at least one guy, in this offseason, they need to add at corner. That gives the younger guys a little more time, and it never has any problems here. If you get a, a dominant DB, that, that's good. So if somebody gets mad and leaves because of it, sayonara. You know, it's just the way it is. You got to have experienced corners. Yeah, I know that Florida is 
very high on Devin Moore being that next guy, but I, I feel like we're both the type where it's like, okay, like that's great that you can be that. Show me, and then I'll believe it. But until then, great coaching staff. But like I trust Corey Raymond's word more than anybody else's. But I'm I'm gonna need to see it actually play out. That's still this one. You need four. Yeah. Yeah, Jackson is the next guy. Like he's great traits, but he's going to need to develop. And Jalen Kimber's taking steps. But again, Jason Marshall's Jason Marshall. He's a very talented corner. He's probably going to be a a first round or early day two pick if he has the year that we're expecting him to have. Hard to to replace. And and that's fair to acknowledge. One player that I, I know that Florida is at least in on that they think could play corner for them where they've been recruiting him. Zay Mincy, who his commitment is going to be coming up. I know initially it was uh, August, September range. And then lately it was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe it's going to be pushed back and maybe it's happening right now. So it's really fun right now with recruiting him. But where do you think a player like Zay Mincy would fit in this class? And what do you think is going on with his recruitment right now? Well, he fits your theme. He can play whatever. <laughs> I've seen him play live a few times and he's as long as a tree. So I'm not saying he's as twitchy as Marshall, but he's another one of those really long corners that if he doesn't work out there, safety is certainly another home he can find. Cerebral player, uh, very, very sharp kid to interview. Easygoing guy, but very competitive at the same time. And I think he's a kid that can play anywhere. He could be your nickel. How many six one and a half, six two nickels do you know? I mean, he's listed at six three, so I'll assume he's six two. I'll take all those I can get. So, and depending on who an individual speaks with, they think he's better at safety or corner. I'm of the belief you just signed him and let it kind of kind of go the route the Florida's going. Whoever wins the corner job, great. Other guys go to safety, we'll be fine. He's pretty much that. And man, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. As for Mincy's recruitment, I've heard about 80 different things, and I'm sure you're probably very similar to that. The most recent scuttlebutt is that he's going to end up at Miami. Um, For the longest time, I had heard Florida or Florida State. What exactly changed, I do not know, but that's what I'm hearing here in the last few days. Yeah, um, I haven't heard 80, probably like 78 different different things about Mm -hmm. him. But uh, yeah, I I know that for the longest time – it was hey, Florida's the 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 favorite with Florida State there, and now it's yeah over the past like week or so, it, it's become like hey Miami's making noise, which is it's fun when in-state recruiting battles are in-state recruiting a, battles. Like it used to be a mainstay, but that's those days of they have passed. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm loving it. But uh, this coming Monday we do have a commitment date for Jordan Ross. Uh, I, I know Florida's in his top three. From my understanding, Florida's pretty much done at the edge position. They're, they're not even looking to add another, but he's in the top three. And we play the, the never say never game on Lockdown Gators because we, we did it with Fletcher Westfall. We thought he wasn't going to commit, and then and then it happened out of nowhere for us. So we're go- we're going to play the never say never game here. Where would Jordan Ross fit in with this Florida Gators 2024 recruiting class? Wherever he wanted. I mean, look, I know you have numbers at certain spots, but the term over recruiting cannot be in this case. If you put him with Waller, 
I don't care which one winds up weak and strong. I really don't. I mean, that that's that's how you win football games is to have pass rushers like that. And the other team has to schematically change what they do and weave running backs in, use a tight end, et cetera. If they're done and they didn't if they wouldn't take his commitment now, I would I would probably call a paramedic for Billy Davis. Because that's not to me, that doesn't make sense because he's a really good football player. But again, they I mean they got some their D line class is nasty. So I don't I don't know what who are you taking over him that is so important, I guess is the question. And maybe maybe the kid just doesn't want to go to Ford, and I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about him in the last week or so, but I have a hard time seeing why you would not take that kid. So great football player, man. Edge rushers are rare. Yeah, I, I feel like I've said this a billion times where wherever we do get to the case of like Florida like backed off recruiting, where I'm like, I would still take him, but that's not my call. Like I, I said it with Chris Jones up until the very end when there were four linebackers committed. I was like, I'd I'd still take him before Aaron Childs committed. I was like, yeah. I'd still go. And then Aaron Giles and well, Chris Jones ended up not happening and ended up going to Georgia. And it was, it was a whole thing. Um, but again, like I, I don't have to make that decision. My job doesn't depend on, on filling out an entire roster. My job depends on me saying, Hey, I think this kid's good. I'd take him. We'll see whatever does happen with him. But I agree with you, Jordan Ross, hell of a football player, but thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him every week on Locked On Gators. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel and maybe even more frequently on the Locked On College <laughs> channel very soon. Thank you much. Have a great day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. Brandon Carroll, all Gators. Carroll Skaden is going to be here for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.